Let's go, folks. Time for the Gibby Show. How you doing, baseball fans? And welcome to another edition of the Gibby Show, your weekly podcast covering the game that we all love, Major League Baseball, with one of the game's most beloved personalities, uh, upcoming author, former two-time manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, baseball lifer direct from San Antonio, Texas, none other than Gibby himself, Mr. John Gibbons. John, I just have to ask you a question. Uh, if you got the fire under control in your backyard. Oh, man, yes. It wasn't easy, though. You know, the guy I called, it took him a, little, it took him a while to get there. But, uh, uh, you know, we got one coming on today that he would have been there like that. Yeah, the fireman. We, uh, Yeah, you'll be hearing more about that later in the show. But John was on Twitter, uh, and he was promoting this episode because we got a great guest that John is uh, uh, once again – brought an elite baseball personality on the show. So he was promoting that on Twitter, and, you know, it got a little hot. Got a little hot. It was a barn burner, like you said. That's the You like that phrase. Yeah, it says yeah. it's going to be a barn burner today. Oh, especially so, for a guy living in Nashville, it's perfect. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, it was. I, I can't wait for it, actually. Uh, uh, today we're going to cover the uh, crowning of the 2022 uh, World Series champions. The Houston Astros, who were victorious against Philadelphia Phillies in the Fall Classic, beating them four games to two. Dusty Baker, we're going to go over his first world title. Uh, we also have the latest news on the Blue Jays and some interesting stuff that uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. has said this week and uh, congratulating him on an award he received. So we'll go into that. Uh, and then uh, we were going to talk about uh, the free agent season coming up. Uh, but in the Gabbing with Gibby segment, John, uh, there is a big one. Uh, you've done it again, as I said. We bring on the Toronto Blue Jays closer, Jordan Romano. Good get. Homegrown. Yes, indeed. I can't believe I can't believe he's not out playing hockey right now. I can't believe he has time to come on the show. He's usually <laughs> slapping that puck somewhere, isn't he? Well, or eating uh, chicken or something. Yeah, eating chicken, know. slapping the puck around. But what a season he had, and what a young guy still. And just a, a closer for the Blue Jays will be joining us for the Gabbing with Gibby segment. We also have uh, your questions as well in the Ask Gibby segment, uh, brought to you by Budweiser. And those questions we discuss uh, on the air here, we'll receive a gift package from Budweiser because that's what buds do. Uh, but, John, uh, let's go to the leadoff. The World Series is now over, and the Houston Astros, for the second time in six years, are the world champions of baseball, beating the Philadelphia Phillies in Game 6 of the Fall Classic, winning 4-1 to one this past Saturday night. So uh, you picked it, John. You said, you said the Astros, I said the Phillies, and... Congratulations on picking the uh, winner of the series this year. Well, Johnny, I don't know if that's really going out on a limb, to tell you the truth. Yeah, <laughs> you well, know? I wasn't going to go that far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, they're clearly the best team in the American League, you know. Uh, yes. And they, 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 they proved that. The Phillies, what a tremendous story. And a great team, too, now. But they, the way they got in, they knocked out, you know, the, the Braves and, you know, the Dodgers were eliminated. And, and uh, they came to the top. But I think Houston was just a buzzsaw this year for them. I mean, you, you – you know, I'd see, I think most people had seen him play a little bit, not to the extent where you get to see like their, all their whole pitching staff. And, and uh, mm -hmm. but a key thing too was, you know, Altuve came to life. You know, he'd been taking some heat all all postseason. 
he he came back to life. And Alvarez, they're, uh, they're uh, yeah, you know, doing do Alvarez. Thing, so. It was uh, it was really what a blast he had. Uh, the Astros uh, uh, led by the three run blast by Alvarez in the sixth inning gave the Strohs a three one lead at the time. After Kyle Schwarber, who also had a phenomenal postseason and a great regular season, homered in the top of the inning. Uh, later in the inning, Alex Bergman scored on a Kristen Vasquez single. Uh, all the scoring of the game for Game Six was done after that. The Astros never looked back. But there's a big question. John, I mean, Rob Thompson removing Zach Wheeler in the sixth inning. Uh, he gave up a little, you know, hit by pitch, uh, seeing I single, a fielder's choice. Wheeler was Wheeler was was doing well, and then the move was made. Get your thoughts. Hey, number on that. one, uh, hey, you're still crying. He's not a Met, but so well, I'm, I'm I gonna, am. Uh, limit, I am. Eliminate you from there. Okay. I will always. But, it'll always pain my heart. You know what? Uh, Johnny, yeah, it was people. The beauty of baseball, you can dissect every move, right? And uh, but I, I think what surprised me because that's kind of not the way Tops was doing things. You know, he was kind of letting letting the pitchers develop and and, and uh, lining things up accordingly, right? How, how that guy was pitching, and it worked very well for him. But it's yeah, that, it, it wasn't like all of a sudden he lost it, right? You know, Schwarbrick hits a home run, they're up by a run, and, and Wheeler's kind of rolling along, you know, and uh, you got yeah, the hit by pitch. Yeah, good, that's a good, smart baseball move by Maldonado. Then the fielder's choice. Then just a little C and I, you know, base it up the middle. I mean, it wasn't like he smoked it, you know, for Pena and the MVPs, right? And then the big boy comes up. And uh, yeah, and I think that what, what pe- made, made people scratch their heads is, you know, Wheeler hadn't thrown a lot of pitches. No. And he's still, he's still going on adrenaline, so he's got to be strong. It's his last game of the year. You know, he can throw 100. He can throw 200 pitches he has to. He's not coming back for another outing, right? And then, uh, you know, bringing in the lefty to fade out Alvarez, and it, the guy's been struggling a little bit too. And he, he came in the other night, faced him, remember, and he hit him with the first pitch. He came in with bases loaded. And now, of course, there's yeah. just two guys on. So never an easy situation. We talked about that with the Blue Jays when, uh, you know, when, when Gosman was taken out, right? That's never an easy situation. So me personally, I didn't think we – I. Wheeler, I thought had something left, but it's easy to say me to say that. But you know, it, it was costly, and I mean, it's not no not much different than you look back uh, when the the Rays and the Dodgers in the World Series, which Snell got yanked. You know, after he was yeah. rolling along, you know, that's kind of the beauty of baseball. We'll never know, will we? You just analyze it uh, for the rest of the season, of course. Uh, I know the Phillies fans will, the media will, and everyone will. But but hey, maybe analytics got it. Maybe maybe yeah, analytics it might got have been it. Could have been yeah, analytics for sure. I don't know. But I, I tell Sorry. you, one guy that uh, you got to, you know, the, the feel-good story of this whole series is Dusty Baker. I mean, 55 yeah. years in the game, 25 seasons as a manager. Johnny B. Baker Jr., the guy that everybody calls Dusty, now has his World Series championship. Uh, the oldest manager to win a World Series at 73 years old. Uh, what a great feel-good story for Dusty. Yeah, it really is. You know, uh, you look at his contribution to the game of baseball at first as a player, and then he's been an ambassador, and then he got into managing and, and uh, had some really good teams. You know, got to the got to the edge, it wasn't able to get over the hump, but that's not all on Dusty. You know, and then he then you know he, he got a chance to come back with Houston here, a really good team, and you know what? It couldn't happen to a better guy, and right. it's kind of it's kind of. 
now it's gonna be interesting to see what he does. You know, you know, if, if I'm yeah. if I'm that age yeah. and I and, I'm, and I win, I'm going out on time. I'm, I'm shutting her down. But he may want to come back. You never know. Well, interesting that you say that, John, because um, two comments that stand out for me after the game in the postseason, uh, in the postseason uh, coverage on Fox, he was asked what's next, and he said, "Well, now that I got one, I want to win another one." And, <laughs> So, I mean, that was kind of cool. Then on the field, um, he had a little bit of a different answer when he was asked uh, by Kevin Burkhart. And Dusty simply said, what's next? Party. And uh, so that was kind of cool. But uh, his contract is up at the end of the season. There are questions whether or not he's going to return for his fourth season with the Astros. Uh, And, you know, he did bring stability back when he was hired in 2020 after the scandals. what do you think? Any gut feeling on whether he's going to be coming back for another? He's, he, he cannot be let go because that would be such a bad PR move. If he wants to come back, he should be given the chance. Yeah, I, I don't know what he's going to do. I I guess if you still have the energy and you want to do it at that age, that's, that's what's surprising. Like you just said, he's, he's the oldest guy to ever win one. You yeah. know, uh, I, personally, I mean, we all have different opinions on the thing. I, if, I, if I was in those shoes, I'd want to go out on top. You know, and there's, next year you come back and think something collapses, right? Remember, I, I went out on top. A lot of a lot of great coaches and managers have done that kind of thing. So um, we'll see. But he he's uh, he did a tremendous job stabilizing that team after the the uh, so called cheating scandal. And you know, I think it's big for the Astros too, right? Because they, they were carrying that around their back that that cheating scandal. You know, when, uh, yeah, when 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 there's a lot of other teams out there that maybe weren't going to that extent, but were kind of doing the same type of thing. But you know, kind of okay. Well, hey, all right, leave us alone now. We did this fair and square, and, and uh, which they did. And uh, a lot of people are saying that they are a modern-day dynasty. I mean, when you look at six straight ALCS appearances, four to the last six years uh, in the World Series, now two world titles, are the Houston Astros a modern-day dynasty, John? Yes, there's, there's no question about it. You know, uh, year after year, you can almost you can pencil them in, you know. it. it uh, but they're that good. You know, they, they've, they've got some really good people running the show. Uh, the owner, I'll tell you, the owner wants to win. You know, there's something to be said of that, right? Uh, it's not just a toy to him. He, he's uh, he's got that big, big Texas ego now, brother. You know, so don't forget that either. Uh, and you like, you know, that. and I, oh yeah, how could you not like that? It's sports. That's kind of the old Steinbrenner, you know, it's yes. Al, or, or Al Davis. You know, it's just win, yes. baby. Even Jerry Jones up the road, he wants to win, but he's he's meddling too much. You know, but it's a great story and a great, great way story. to end a great great season. Great season, and uh, this should solidify the Hall of Fame uh, career for Dusty, so we uh, we congratulate him once again. Well, uh, there's some Blue Jays news, too, John. Some interesting stuff that happened this week, uh, all really revolving around Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He made news on two fronts this week. The first was when he was selected as the American League Gold Glover, uh, and the second was when he commented on whether or not he'd ever play for the New York Yankees. Uh, so, first of all, he wins the gold glove uh, first base. Uh, he posted a 990 fielding percentage, uh, uh, getting the nod. And it was really impressive that he had transitioned from third base to first base. Um, so, I mean, that was kind of cool that uh, he, uh, a Blue Jay got uh, the, the award uh, for gold glove. Uh, and uh, another big surprise, though, was Matt Chapman who everyone thought was going to be the gold glove winner uh, for the American League as a third baseman. And uh, he 
always routinely made hard plays look very easy. So uh, a big uh, congratulations to Vlad, but a lot of people disappointed about Chapman, John, not getting the uh, gold glove in third. Yeah, I'm one of them. You know, uh, you know, it's funny when they used to they used to vote on the gold glove. I can remember at the end of the season they they'd send the, the uh, these ballots around, you know, for the uh, the manager, and then I think there was like uh, four extra ballots for the coaching staff to fill out, right? And we'd vote, and that that's how they'd come up with it, right? And uh, now I don't know. I think they've taken it to a different level and really throwing all the analytics in there. But I think that that's one area of analytics where everybody's confused about is defensive rating and things like that because it's uh, – but I think that's heavily used in choosing this. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, Maybe I need to get with the times a little more. But for Chapman not to win it, um, I think that's surprising probably for everybody in, in, uh, because he's, I mean, he's a lot like Arenado over there in St. Louis. You know, they're, they're that good, and, and they're, they're probably going to win one till the end, you know, until they decide to shut her down or they're going to be in, in the conversation. Um yeah, I, I don't understand that one, uh, but but tip your hat to Vladdy Jr. because you know I mean he, that's one thing he had going against him. You know uh, when he first came up was he a third baseman? What well, can he play third base? Is he too right. big to move like that? Right. Same thing they did with uh, Encarnacion. Big Eddie was over there. He didn't. He wasn't suited necessarily for that because he was so big, right? And so they moved him to first base. And he turned into a pretty darn good first baseman as well. So yeah, you. you but it took a lot. I know Vladdy worked really hard at, at that. Um, you know, it's, it's good to see him rewarded. I don't think he wants to close off the New York Yankees. I don't know how many no, years he needs to I mean, free agency. Uh, uh, I don't know if you heard about this or not. I think you did. But uh, although he cannot be a free agent until after the 2025 season, and while it remains to be seen if he will stay in Toronto, everyone certainly hopes he has a long career in Toronto, it is apparent he will not be wearing the Yankee pinstripes anytime soon. During a recent interview, he said he would never sign with the Yankees. And here's a quote. I like to play in New York. I like to kill the Yankees. I would never sign with the Yankees. Not even when I'm dead. <laughs> well, uh, and, and you, you, could just see, you could just see his agent going right going, oh, God. Can you imagine? I know. <laughs> A lot of people Maybe. are getting a kick out of it, except for obviously Yankee fans. When he when he shows up next year, I'm sure he'll be uh, warmly received by uh, the Bronx faithful there. Oh yeah, well I think he's re- he always plays really good there at Yankee Stadium. I'm not mistaken. So yeah. you know what? Uh, I'm sure he was having a little fun with that. But you you, you never yes. want to close it. He may not ever he may never want to play there. But he, he could, there's nothing wrong with using that Yankee leverage man to drive up your own contract somewhere else. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, speaking of that, I mean the free agent. Uh, the free agent season is about started, and the Mets, less than 24 hours after the World Series, they made the first big uh, move, and they signed uh, their closer, Edwin Diaz, for five years, 105 mil with a six-year option, an opt-out for Diaz after three years, a no-trade uh, uh, was built into it. So, um, it is the biggest, it is the biggest deal for, uh, a closer in the history of baseball, uh, surpassing Aroldis Chapman's $86 million deal over five years with the Yankees. But Diaz, uh, coming off arguably the best season of any reliever in the majors, but we do have uh, one coming up on the show shortly. You had, uh, 32 saves, 1.31 ERA with 118 strikeouts and only 
62 innings, which was pretty impressive. Uh, so anyway, free agent season has begun, John, and the Mets owner, Steve Cohen, not afraid to spend the cash, opening up the wallet, making Mets fans happy today with signing Diaz to five years as the closer. Yeah, well, I, I tell you what, he, he's unbelievable. I think our guy today, he had a better oh ERA than D, Diaz has. What's the problem? Is he going to get 100 yeah, it was very this, close. This they were very close. He had more you saves know, uh, than Diaz. Four more saves than Diaz. You know, so it. Uh, you know, it's funny too. Diaz, when you know, of course, when he came over from Seattle a couple of years ago, uh, and they, well, you struggled. Last year's year, he struggled, wasn't it? He struggled it's, in the first year of the agreement. He was horrible. Met fans hated him. Didn't want any part of him. Uh, he kind of found his way during that typical. weird season of the pandemic. Typical Met fans uh, got a little bit better uh, in 2021, and this year he was lights out. He was yeah, lights out. Yeah. He was an attraction with the Timmy trumpet trumpets going off and his entrance. And he was lights out every time. Uh, so we're happy uh, that he's with the Mets for five more years. But it really has started the first salvo on what's going to be a, a pretty crazy free agent season. It's yeah, really going to be crazy. And money's just money's just flowing, you know, so there's just Low. never buy that argument that we're losing money, you know. Yeah, he had that Timmy Trump. Yeah, he has that Timmy Trump. I think maybe we had, yeah, I'll take our guy, man, Romano. I'll take him, though. I think we ought to start throwing chicken from the stands or something. There you go. Chicken guy, there you, you know? go. That, that could be his shtick. So. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to be covering all the free agents uh, this week. The general manager meeting takes place. And uh, so we'll have more on all of that uh, in the weeks to come. It's going to be really great uh, uh, uh off season, it's going to be a great free agent season because so many guys can be in different uniforms next year. That's going to about wrap up the lead off, and now it's going to be time for gabbing with Gibby. Now it's time for another gabbing with Gibby segment. Today we are happy to bring on the closer for the Toronto Blue Jays, who had 36 saves in 63 appearances. In 2022, with an ERA of 2.11, one of the most dynamic closers in the game. We welcome Jordan Romano. Jordan, how you doing? Hey guys, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, doing well. Just down here in Florida, uh, finished up a little workout at the complex, and and now we're here, ready to get into it. Hey, what? The, hey, what? The, what is the date today? Does anybody know the date? I've It's November what? Seventh. Seventh. November seventh. He's already at the complex working out. You know what? Look at that. Most guys used to or. I imagine a lot of them do. They take, they're gonna take a couple months off to recoup. Not this guy, man. He's already he's already down there working out, and then he's probably gonna go hit the links and grab his fishing pole. I, I would imagine. But yeah, uh, you know, I mean, finished up the season. Body felt pretty good, you know. So took a couple weeks off, and uh, yeah, that was enough. Like a couple weeks off, not doing much, no routine. Just kind of started to get the itch, you know. So just back in there, and yeah, you know, after I'm done and hit the links. Do a little fishing, work around the house. It's not too bad. Hey, Jordy, man. Hey, hey, major, major, major League Baseball plays a pretty good gig, and it's a pretty good life. There's no doubt about it. Now, it's not an it, it's not an easy life. Everybody thinks it's all fun and games, and it's easy. And no, but there's a lot of pressure that comes involved that's involved with it. You know, you're under the grind. It's it's it, it takes its toll on you, but it's still it's still a pretty good gig. And then to be you're not okay. Everybody's you got to have a good bullpen, right? But the, but the, you got to but you got to have somebody anchoring that that bullpen at the end. There's no secret about it. Nobody's going to win without a good closer. And you got to have you know you got to have setup and you got to have other guys to get to you. But you got no chance. You got no chance of winning. So 
I want to tip my hat to you. I, I, you know, I had no idea. I don't know when it happened. I you know you, you were, I was gone. I wish I'd been hung around at least a year longer when you got called up, but you, you were starting in the minor leagues, right? Yeah. When did, when did you first think, when did they say, you know, Hey, we're going to put you in that bullpen, let you let it rip and turn into this. When, when, when you got, yeah, you know, so like, yeah, I was, a, you know, uh, in the minor league, started in 14. And yeah, I was I was a starter for for pretty much my whole minor league career. And I, I was all right, you know, go go, yeah, my, go my six innings, you know, give a couple runs here and there, whatever. But uh, yeah, I just wasn't like throwing that hard. You know, I'd be like 90, 92, maybe pop a 95 here and there. So like I was never, uh, I guess, a huge like prospect as a starter. I was all right, serviceable. And I always wanted to be in the bullpen, you know, Schneider managed me a, a couple of years down there in the minors. And I was like, man, just, you know, I want to go in the bullpen. I want to throw one inning, you know, I want to be kind of a late inning guy. And he's like, yeah, but the plan is, you know, from up top, you got to start. So I think it was in, uh, in 19, um, I was in Buffalo, you know, for playing for the Bisons. And I think I had a 14 ERA as a starter in May. You know, so they're like, hey, maybe we'll, you know, put you to the bullpen. You're not doing too well as a starter. So I went to the bullpen. Uh, velocity ticked up a little bit. I just kind of found my groove a little bit more in, in the bullpen. And then, yeah, kind of ended up getting called up uh, in 19. I got shelled in 19, though, when I first got called up. You know, when you get called up, it's it's kind of a whirlwind, right? So it's kind of yeah. tough to handle. But, yeah, just, uh, you know, just kept at it, kept working. And, yeah, I feel pretty comfortable back there now. Well, shoot, I mean, hey, all you got to do is look at the results, right? And, you know, I guess what makes this story even that much better, you're one of the good guys, right? You're, you're, you're homegrown. I mean, that's not, I mean, that's, you know, people think that's great too, but that's extra pressure. I'm, I'm guarantee everybody's calling for tickets every night too, man. You get sick, sick. You know, I mean, that's, that's not easy. You know, you're, you're one of the, the fair hair boy. And, uh, but I'm going to tell you this, because I mean, this, this, you know, I don't know if everybody doesn't always agree with this, but I guarantee it's right. There's something about different about guys that can close out baseball games. You know, you hear the argument all the time. No, it's uh, every, anybody can do it. You know, you go closer by committee and that's such BS. It's proved over and over that guys can't do it because it's not because they don't have the great arms. There's a lot of guys. with great. It's right here and it's right there, you know, and, it, and it's a, it, it's ability to, you know, let things go. Uh, am I right or am I wrong? Uh, you're, you're a hundred percent right. And, um, it, there is a difference. Like I, I've done both, right. I've thrown the sixth inning and I've thrown the, the ninth inning at Yankee stadium, right. There's obviously, there is a, a huge difference. And honestly, I think like guys that haven't closed before, like you can be a good closer, right? Like you could, you know, if you're going good, you rattle off like eight in a row. I, I think the really tough part is when you blow a couple games, you know, like that's, that's the tough part. Everyone could, you know, close games when you're rolling and feeling good. It's like over the course of the season, you're going to have a, a lot of tough games. You know what I mean? When you you feel like you let the team down, you blew some big games. And like coming back from that, I think that's that's what makes closing so tough. You know, yeah, everyone could do it when when you're going good. But when you're grinding out there and you know, blowing a couple, that's the hard thing. And that's hard to overcome. But again, that just comes with being in the spot, right? I'm, I feel like I've gotten pretty good at just – going out there and whatever happens happens but yeah it's it's a tough job and another thing it's like you know i'm from toronto right i've been a jays fan a long time so there is that little extra 
Yeah. You know, when I, when I do have a bad game, it's, it's, you know, not just let the team down. It's like my family's watching, my friends are all watching. So it's a little bit more. So it's like, it's really cool doing it, but a little extra pressure as well. Yeah. Hey, let me tell you something. You don't let anybody down. I know you've said that a few times, but you're, you're an you're accountable guy. But in reality, does anybody ever go through a season unscathed? No, I don't think. Has it ever happened? We yeah, no, it's, it's part of the job, right? I mean, maybe yeah. I, I think a couple of guys may have done it, though, which which would be pretty sweet. You know, just uh, rock solid all year. But yeah, no, I, I kind of understand that it, it's part of the game. It happens. You know, everyone wants to do the best they can, but it's going to be off nights, you know. Hey, but I'm gonna tell you this right here, because 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 I because I even heard some game. I heard some of your, or read some of your comments after the after the playoffs, right? And uh, you know, first off, it was the most perfectly placed ball. I'm I'm telling you, you can't do it. I could have gone out there and dropped it. It couldn't have dropped it anybody. It's what it's in that no man's land. I don't care. And I and I guarantee you, and I, Springer was probably playing deeper for no doubles to back it up, you know, to cut off because it. it and so it couldn't have been placed any better. It's the toughest ball for a shortstop to go back. So, oh, so yeah. anyway, but I'm going to tell you this too. It's, you know, you just, gosh, you can make the, you can make the best, you can, you can have two, take, say you take two relievers, right? You, you say you come into one game and you make, you make a great pitch just like this, right? You jam the guy up or off the end of the bat and it, and it falls in in the perfect spot, right? Okay. They you you may say they may say well he didn't do his job right you get another guy that comes in or you come in a different day you give up the same situation you give up a line drive rocket right at somebody out and they go what he did his job no well I mean he made a better pitch on this one or he got this but that's that's just part of the game you know in the yeah yeah exactly and that's like the the crazy thing about like relieving um there's games where you know yeah I give up three lasers and it's one two three and it's it's all cool you know we win the game but there's other games where i'm executing and i'm giving up a couple and i think that's like the toughest thing to deal with it's like you could do everything right and it still go wrong yeah yeah and it's even like you could throw a fastball right down the middle and on tuesday the guy hits a home run wednesday the guy pops it up on the infield you know so yeah it's you know but the key is but, 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 you know, you're, you're mentally tough. It's obvious. You can't do those jobs, but you know, there's a, you know, the game's changed too. And, in, in, in uh, you really see in the playoffs where you guys, the closers come in for more than one inning, right? It's normally they try to go one inning, you know, you have your, you know, your middle guy setup guy, and then you go to your closer, but there's been a number of times that you've been brought, you know, down the stretch, yep. you come in earlier in, in, uh, and you're very good at that. You know, a lot of guys can't do that. You know, it's 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 not whether well, it's not part of their routine. They can't get loose, or they or a lot of them don't want to do it. You know, and that, that's part of the deal too. But in order to have a great team, see, you're not going to be able to do that your whole career. You know, otherwise, because if number one, well, physically, you know, you'll be able to do it for a few more years. But if you don't have that other guy that can that can, you know, pitch the eighth inning. And, and so you don't have to bail them out every time your team ain't very good anyway. It's probably, it's not going to, it's not going to hold up, you know? Yeah. The, I think the, I think the toughest thing is with going like, you know, five out saves or something like that. It's, it's not going in, in the eighth inning, you know, going in the eighth inning, a couple of guys on whatever, say you get out of it. It's that when you go back in the dugout, you can't let your foot off the gas, you know, you still like the biggest part of the game's coming up bottom nine. So that's the toughest thing, like sitting there while your team's hitting and like, just really trying to stay locked in because 
what you just did the past couple hitters, it has, it does not matter. The biggest part of the game's coming up. So that like staying locked in for those 15 minutes is an absolute grind. Like I've done it. I think I did it like five or six times this year and, and, and those are tough, but they feel pretty good when you're, when you, you know, when you complete them, it's like, Oh, you know, five hours. I think you nailed them all though. I I think you you nailed them all, but plus, you know what, you're sitting there, you're cooling off a little bit too. You know, your adrenaline's high because the game's decided in the eighth inning, you get through that. Now there's a natural, you know, and you're cooling off in your body and you got to crank it up, you know? So I guess we're just trying to salute you. How we're trying to let everybody know how difficult this stuff is. You're making it look easy, but it ain't that freaking easy. I will guarantee you that. Appreciate that. Johnny. Yeah, I got a few things here. I mean, uh, just to kind of uh, talk about uh, the end of the season, the way it uh, ended for the Jays and losing to the Seattle Mariners. Uh, it was a great season, ended in disappointment. But what was your takeaway from this entire season? If you look at it as one entire season, uh, yeah. what's your takeaway from it? You know, like, uh, I guess the whole entire season, um I guess for myself as well it's like you know we were a really talented team you know it's just it's like when we played our best ball I, I you know I think we we're the best team in the league but there was just a lot of uh, I guess like ups and downs you know what I mean there was a lot of you know eight game winning streaks and then we go you know one and seven like stuff like that and I know like at the end of the year it was like a good productive uh season but yeah there's just a lot of up, ups and downs especially early and that might come with, uh, I don't know, just uh, I guess we are maybe uh, a more inexperienced team, I guess I would say. You know, I think as, as guys get older, more comfortable, more experienced in the league, I hope that changes. But, yeah, it's uh, it was a good year, tough the way it ended. You know, it's like you grind all all year. And it's like that was my first time in the playoffs, right? And it's like, wow, grinded all year, and then it happens like that. That was That was kind of tough, but. You know, it was good. You know, in the playoffs, all the guys got playoff experience. So it's a good thing to build on. Well, it's a, you know, it's a good experience. And, you know, with the season the way it is, you got a good core group of guys. Uh, most of them will be brought, you know, obviously coming back next year. Uh, you have that uh, playoff taste now. You know what it's like. So 2023, it's like onward and upward, you know? Yeah, a lot of expectations. You know what I mean? We had yeah. some last year. And I think uh, coming into 2023, I think it's rightfully so. We have big expectations. You know, we got all the guys in the, you know, in the locker room there. So, yeah, we need a we need a big year. Yeah, now well, the deal good. Bottom line, they're good, man. You know, you guys, you guys are talented, top to bottom. And what you think of this? What you think of the postseason, especially the the series? Because you know, you played those teams, and in, in the anything stick out to you, or just just some great baseball to watch? Yeah, you know what? Like uh, at the end, there, Phillies got pretty hot. And it's like, you always, you know, you're always looking at the team and it's like, man, this lineup is pretty deadly, you know, and they just got hot at the right time. And I feel like that's for a lot of teams. It's like, you just kind of got to play right at the, at the right times, you know, during the course of the year for, you know, for a month, you could be the best team in the league and you just got to do that at the end. That's right. Well, you remember the year before Atlanta Braves, right? That's it. Yeah. They were up, I think it was up until August. They were like a couple games below 500. Then, yeah, and Alex Anthopoulos, uh, he drafted you. I think he was still there when he, you he got did, drafted. Yeah. yeah, but but he uh, and he made he was wheeling and dealing. He likes to wheel and deal, you know. Yeah. And then then all of a sudden, just things clicked, right? Whether it was chemistry or they came together, and they 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 were the hottest team, and they ran the 
they ran the table, you know? So yeah. And they won, they won the world series and we faced them six times last year and we beat them all six times. Yeah. You know? So we're like, it's just like, you got to get hot at the right time. And you know what else makes it tough, Jordan? And uh, I don't care what they say, you know, on the, uh, there's no division like the American League East, mm. and that there's it's just it's just there's there's it's just something about it. John, Johnny's a big Met guy, right? You know, he's 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 a, yeah, right? Okay, because the last two reps in the National League were from the East, the National League East. But there's just something about going to Yankee Stadium 18 times, the Red Sox. You guys own the Red Sox, man. That's but there's just something, and then you got Tampa. In Baltimore's yeah. on the upswing. There's yeah. just some, just some, it's the it's not only just the the competition. Those teams are every year they're they're forced by their fan base to improve, right? Plus, yeah. there's tough there's a tough ballparks to play in, man. It's just the there's just something about it, and it wears. I thank God they're going to more balanced schedule next year. You know? Yeah. That, right? Yeah. When I heard that, I wasn't too mad about that. They at least uh-huh. it's no joke. Yeah, especially. You know, going into Fenway, Yankee Stadium. I mean, Baltimore had an amazing team this year. Um, and playing at the Trop, uh, I don't know, Gibby, what the players, uh, you know, when you're imagining were saying, but it's a, it's kind of like a weird place to play. You know, you go in there, the white roof, and they're really good. You know, their defense is good. I guess they're used to it, but it's definitely like a, a weird place to play. There's like an aura in it. You know, it's not Yankee Stadium or Fenway, but it's pretty – pretty unique oh, hey weird things happen man it ain't just exactly. yeah, we, weird stuff happens at the trap baseball guys are going you know <laughs> yeah we actually took uh you know like sage we burned sage in the in the locker room this year because just weird stuff was happening we wanted to get the do out of there did it work <laughs> it worked out yeah, we won a couple games there but i think it was like we dropped the first two and we're like, guys, something's got to give here. So, yeah, we went around the locker room. We burned some sage and tried to get, like, the spirits out of there, you know. Oh, gosh, that's beautiful, man. All right. Well, you know what? Hey, I got to ask you a question. You went to Oral Roberts, huh, in Oklahoma? Yep. Yeah. Tell you something. I got recruited by Oral Roberts when I was in high school. Really? Because of my grades. Oh, but they, they recruited me for baseball. So are you, are you a smart guy, too? No, I mean – uh, that's you know relative right I, I had to go to juco first my grades weren't good either so i went to juco kind of you know got good grades there and then i could go to oral roberts so in high school i kind of slacked off a little bit <laughs> oh i know better than that man first of all i talked to pete walker pete and i are pretty close you know we go we coach together pete raves about you he says he said you know uh jordan's got an incredible uh, it, it prepares himself incredible what he, he does pre-game and then when he, he's uh, I used to find, you know, there's, there's certain years when I was managing there, you know, in the, in the bullpen, there's certain guys they have to learn how to like, or that you have to tell them, Hey, uh, Hey, this might be your time of the game. You might want to think about getting loose or getting whatever you got to do to prepare yourself at this time, stage of the game. Right. But Pete says, I mean, you're relentless in, in your, your preparation and your, in the discipline is, is, is incredible. Yeah. Well, honestly, uh, that's, that's what I think, you know, has helped me like grow the most the past couple of years. It's like my routine. I mean, I'm down to the minute and the stuff I'm doing, like before I throw throwing, I have my own program. And then like even two hours before the game, it's like, it's, it's all, it's all laid out. So basically by the, the sixth inning on, it's like the joking's kind of over, you know, like getting locked in. So pretty much like the sixth to the ninth, I am ready to go. And it's like, yeah, I know I'm mostly throwing the ninth, but it's like my body, my mind, we're prepared to go. 
Um, yeah, it could be seventh, eighth, ninth. I knew, I knew I was throwing the ninth, but I just wanted to never be caught off guard. You know, even, even the days it's like, yeah, we might stay away from you today. You've thrown a lot. It's like, I would never let myself be caught off guard. So that was one thing I was proud of. I was like, every day I, I came to the field, I was prepped. I was ready to go. I was locked in. So, and that's like half, half the battle, right? That's, that's mostly yeah. what you can control. So yeah, I, I was happy with, you know, just the preparation part of it, but that's growing every year too, you know, finding what works, what doesn't, what helps, what doesn't. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, hey, go ahead. Yeah. And the, uh, you know, the off season really just started and you've already started preparing for 2023. I mean, everyone really just was able to leave the season's over. Uh, tell us about your typical off season. And uh, it seems like you've already started preparing for next year. Yeah. So um, like years in the past, uh, especially in the minor leagues, I would take probably two months off throwing. And now I kind of know that doesn't really work for me. I'll take like 10 days off, kind of relax, enjoy, and then start getting back into throwing. And then probably 10 days after that, start getting back into the workouts. So, you know, the Jays have been really good. You know, I talk with Pete, I talk with Bushman, our bullpen coach, and we kind of just build a plan together and, and go through the off season. But it is, uh, it's a little more relaxed, right? You know, you go work out, you throw, and then you, you come hang out. You could do whatever you want to do. Uh, so yeah, the off season's, uh, it's pretty nice. It's, you know, it's chill. Like over the weekend, I pl planted some trees in my backyard, you know, just relax. But so, crying yeah. out loud, you can't hire anybody to do that. No, man. It's, it's like a uh, therapeutic, you know, I planted like some. Do you wrench your back or you, or you, you hit your finger with your shovel or something like that? No, this body's built to work, man. We know how to work. A shovel. Come on. <laughs> no, you're a Canadian, man. You do. Yeah. Work. I'm going to tell you this right now. You, Obviously, you cut wind of uh, Diaz's contract, right, with the Mets? Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. All right, well, stay away from the million. <laughs> Let's hire somebody. I'll come down there. If, if, uh, if, you make me your, if you make me your agent, I'll come down there and dig them holes for you. Give me a good rate. What's, what's the rate? What's the rate an hour for you to come down? <laughs> well, it depends, man. It depends on where you're at, brother. Uh, good. Hey, tell me, who's your, who's your boy in the bullpen? I think I know, but I want, I want you to. Oh man, in the pen, <clears throat> my left hand like, Phelps this year. You know, Phelps was like the uh, he was like the kind of like the commander, you know, like like the vet. But yeah, yeah. Me, and, me and Timmy Meza, we're we're pretty tight. Me and Timmy, I heard that. Yeah, like honestly, the whole day we just go like back and forth, back and forth, just chirping, chirping one another. But yeah, he he's a cool dude, man. That's that's another guy. It's like we're really good friends. And I think we just have a lot of respect for each other. Like Tim, man, he, he does everything to the T. Like he's always like planned out regimented. And it's me on the other hand, it's like, you know, we'll have like a bullpen dinner and sometimes I'll arrange it. And I'll, I'll tell the boys the day before, like Tim wants four months in advance notice. He wants, you know, what we're doing. So we're really different that way. So we'll bicker about that. But no man, he's he's a solid dude. Who's really paying for that dinner anyway? Does, some, does one guy pick up Phelps? Who's been around the longest down there in that bullpen of yours? Phelps? Uh, Phelps, yeah, Phelps. Uh, he's been around the longest. He's but picking uh, up the tab. I, I picked up the tab on the last one. You know, I, I was like, all right, boys. Hundred two so. mil, man. Hundred two. Hundred two mil. Diaz got, and you should pick it. Hundred two mil over five years. Yeah, well, that's coming. <laughs> 
That's hey, let me say, hey, Timmy, hey, T- Timmy's beautiful because Timmy, he was there amazing when I was there, right? And he was just, he, he, he was just going through the, you know, the, the typical, you make it to the big leagues, the ups and downs and getting sent back down. And, you know, he had dynamite arm, you know, and he was just learning how to pitch deal in the, and it, the, one of the most wonderful people I, I, I know, Timmy, but he, it, it's funny. He, he would, he, when he first started out, it was, it was a confidence thing too, I think with Tim, mm-hmm. but he'd be out there pitching. Right. And he, he maybe after a couple of pitches, he like look in the dugout or after a hitter go, finally I had to tell him a couple of times, I said, Timmy, I called him in the office. Said, Dude, don't be looking at that dugout, man. I'm, I'm thinking you want me to take you out or something for crying out loud. You'll know if we come out there, walk out there and take you out, you're out, but don't be looking over there. Cause it's telling me, <laughs> <laughs> oh man hey Gibby was uh was Timmy the only guy that's uh still on the team when you're managing I was 18 right the last year yeah no Tay Oscar Tay Oscar yeah Gary L, Gary L. oh yeah 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 uh yeah not many but yeah it was some good one you know they uh they, they were all kind of you know uh you know learning the ropes they, they were all trying to make making their way and get getting started you know and uh but some good one. But I'm telling you, you got a good, you got a good team, you know. And uh, but 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 tip, but naturally, all teams, you know, they they're gonna look at it. And go, we really got to try to strengthen our bullpen. That doesn't mean you. That's nothing against your bullpen, but that's what the teams do, you know. Especially when you look at like Houston's bullpen, it's like, gosh, dog it. They, yeah, they, they have some dogs the down there, man. Oh God, I, you know, I'd I'd heard about it something, but when I was watching the series, it's like, dang, man, you know. Yeah. But but you said earlier about. You know, as a starter, and it naturally, when you when you they make you reliever and you you go less, you go one inning, let's say, or one plus, your velocity kicks up. Is that is that? I mean, you're because did just jump pretty good on you, huh? The uh... yeah, you know, I the thing with me, it was always like a running joke. So like, I would I've thrown when I was a starter, I'd throw a pitch eighty eight and then finish the guy off with ninety eight. It's just I couldn't I couldn't sustain it for six innings. Like I could. I could rear back and kind of like let it rip and, and throw pretty hard, but I just couldn't throw like that for, you know, a hundred pitches. But when now I only have to throw 20 pitches, I could just, you know, let them rip for, for 20. And so slider picked up heater picked up. Yeah. I don't know if that's the same for everyone. Usually guys get a tick or two, but for me, it was like five miles an hour. So it was yeah. a pretty dramatic, uh, dramatic jump. And you say, did you, did you say a minute ago for hundred pitches, you could, When's the last time they let anybody throw a hundred pitches? You kidding me? Yeah, now they're throwing like I mean, a lot of guys throwing you know four innings. You know, and, and, I, and I'm going to say something here. I don't want a response from you because you're a bullpen guy, but I'm, I'm, you know, I know analytics is big and there's and there's a lot of value to it, and it's it's helped the game in a lot of ways. But my thinking is, I watch these, I, you know, some of these games, right? They they'll yank a starter, and he might, you know, this question whether whether he's still effective or not, right? And I and I was thinking. I got those guys down the bullpen are going, oh gosh, are we ever we got a lead or something? Can can he try to get another inning at him so we get maybe we get a night off down here? So I don't, you know, the bullpens nowadays, I don't know. You almost like you need to go to 20-man bullpens just because bullpen guys get abused, you know, and, yeah, and, and they wonder why they burn out late in the year. Yeah, like you're saying, it's like, you know, we see the starter at like 75 pitches through five. He's doing okay. We're like, please, just get one more. Just, <laughs> just give us one more, you know? And I mean, the guys on our team were great. You know, we had some we had some dogs in there. They they just threw, you know what I mean? Like, 
Manoa, Barrios, Gosman, all those guys, they, they threw a lot of innings. So they, you know, really helped us out there. So, you know, we weren't, we well, yeah. weren't really overworked, but there's a lot of teams, you know, starter goes four, bullpen comes in and you could do that for, you know, a couple of weeks. And then you, you know, the bullpen, right. you're, you're getting a little sore, getting a little tired. So yeah, it's, it's a give and take, right? If you're doing that, the bullpen's going to get worn out quicker. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, 10 years from now, you're still pitching. You're going to go, you're going to be going, Hey, wait a minute. guys. You're going to go into that managing office and say, Hey, uh, could you let that starter, you know, plus the owner, owner, but just paid him a hundred million bucks. Can you let him go another inning just in case? So I could see another 30 people. pitches, you know, no problem. Give it, give the boys down here a break. No, that's funny. You said that because in the bullpen, that's, that's all the time. We're like, Oh, just, just the boys. are yeah. Please go six. Like the boys are tired. Go six. Then go seven. You got to yeah. leave. No, but you, hey, because because the bullpen guys they end up wearing it. You know that's just the yeah. you know now now when you get into like your late inning guys like you and the guys you know that Bass or whoever's going before you, whatever you, you know you get protect a little bit more. You're supposed to because you're you're the go to guys with the lead. But it's those poor dudes in the middle, man, or the long longer guy. They're going, oh god, because then you know what? Then they come in, they throw three in, and they go, I'm going to Triple A, man. It's out of <laughs> You know, it's like better come down with that sore arm so I don't have to get sent down. Yeah, and it's like inevitable, you know, like sometimes it yeah. sucks. It's like you could throw three innings, you could punch out nine guys in a row, and it does not matter. It's like you're no, no, you need a body next you know? day, you know. Oh you need man. a body because you're only that starter's only going five innings the next day automatically. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's I I mean I I've been in that spot too. I think every like bullpen guy. You're in that spot until you kind of work work your way out of that spot. But being in that spot absolutely sucks because you know what's happening after the game. It does not matter. You got the express down to AAA. So, but I mean, hey, we had we had this one real quick story, and then I'm going to ask you about your acting career, right? Oh man, but I'm trying to think what what year it was. Um, this was around 14 or 2004, whatever. Uh, God, I can't even remember his name, but he came in and pitched. We went like 15, 16 innings. And he threw like five or six innings, right? Jeez. Bo out of the bullpen. It was dynamite. You know, we ended up winning the game. But after the game, we're flying to Seattle, right, from Toronto. Yeah. And so we know we're going to need a body, you know. And now you're going out the West Coast, and it's tough to get guys back and forth. And in the, in the, Anthopolis, Alex came in, and we said, we need a body. I said, okay, I, I know that. Make the plans. I said, don't send you cannot no way you can send this guy down today i said let him go we got to fly him with us out to seattle keep him keep him a day or something take him off the active roster you know make him fly back make that his punishment but it's like you can't do you feel bad doing it but you know yeah, managers, I mean, but you gotta uh, do it it's so so he lasted one more day and then he had to fly all the way back from seattle to buffalo or something. Well, that's nice <laughs> one more day you you no, know, it's it kind of eases the blow, you know, like you don't have to go right away. You got to hang with the boys for one more day. Yeah, exactly. It's one more day of pension. Yeah, that's right. One more day of pay, one more day of pension. Oh, that's, that's right. So, all right. Tell us about your acting career. Johnny, what do you got on this guy? He's like a he's not he's yeah. not like just a good baseball player. Well, like uh, yeah, I mean, he's uh, certainly um, getting into kind of being a spokesperson a little bit. And uh, we were able to check out a. Um, a spot that you did uh, for Mary Brown's chicken. So we're going to play that and then we'll follow up uh, with another question. So here's the Mary Brown's chicken spot with Jordan. Let me get, um, check the offers on the Mary Brown's app. So you can say big like me. Nice save Romano. 
Are you ready to save like Romano? Look for MB exclusive offers on our app for amazing deals. There you go. How did, how did you put that together? Uh, yeah. How did you put that together? I mean, how was... Uh... Oh, yeah. So, like, honestly, I, I never thought I'd be on a commercial in my life. You know, never acted a day in my life. But, uh, yeah, the Jays are like, hey, um, you know, there's a thing. You know, Mary Brown's, you know, have you heard of them? I was like, oh, yeah. You know, I love their chicken. They're like, oh, they want to do a little commercial with you. I was like, woof. Like, the thing with that is, like, you know, I love to do it, but... Another thing is like you're putting yourself out there. You know, all your buddies are seeing that you're going to be joking around and stuff. But yeah, we kind of got together and um, it was a, you know, it was, we did the shoot a day before uh, or the morning before a game. It took four hours and <laughs> yeah, four hours, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of a grind, but you know, it was pretty fun. And I realized the, the less you put into it, the more takes it was going to do, like the longer you're going to be there. Right. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. So that is the best acting I can do. I, I gave Dude, it. That is good. Yeah, it wasn't bad. But like seeing yourself on on TV, like the commercials and stuff, it's it's a lot. It was, it was fun. Those it it be- guys that I can remember even had had commercials. But I'm telling you, you say you put yourself out there. Just don't let your boys see eating Kentucky fried chicken, whatever you do. Yeah, we, we had on the plane, we had like a uh, church's chicken. Oh, like, no. God. I was like, get some. Mike Sean? In here. What's yeah. Mike Sean doing, man? He's going to get fired for that. Uh, I said, we need we need some big Marys up here. You know, can't be having churches. <laughs> hey, hey, Jordan, now who's the better actor, you or Gibby? Because Gibby is now on social media and he's always doing these little vignettes and these little messages. And he was promoting your appearance here on the podcast. And. Uh, almost set his house ablaze. So why don't we take a look at his promo announcement for you coming on the show? <laughs> Where's Jordan Romano when you need him for crying out loud? We got a fire here. Something's burning down. What the heck? Hey. I know where Jordan Romano is. He's going to be on our show Monday. Don't miss it. He's probably out putting out fires right now. One of the best closers in Major League Baseball. We're honored to have him. Gibby, man, I think you got me. That's pretty good. Uh, no, we're going to put it out there. We're going to put it out to people to watch the show to vote on it. Oh, Do okay. Poll. Yeah. You got, hey, you know what? This kind of, this, this, this show's big in, you know, Canada area. You got a little edge on me now because you're Canadian. Yeah, I do. I, I do got the country with me, you know, hopefully, hopefully they're on my side. <laughs> they're probably, they're probably wondering though, what the heck's he doing? He moved down to Florida for crying out loud. All places, Florida. I think, uh, Snowbird, you're Snowbird. Anyone that's grown up in Canada and felt those winters, they'll be like, I, you know, I, I kind of understand. I kind of understand. Hey, let me ask you, do you ever go to the Lightning games, Tampa Bay Lightning games? Yeah, I do. I do sometimes. You know, I'll, I'll go to a game or two, but, you know, I'm still a big Leafs fan. Leafs are Leafs are. Oh, my that's right. Well, you must. You, I bet you go see when the Leafs play down there. Yeah, I, um, I went to a game. I think it was uh, I think it was like 19 before everything shut down. Um, the Leafs came down and we were up three nothing in the third, and I started chirping everyone. You know, I had my Leafs jersey. I started chirping everyone, and Tampa came back four three in OT. So it, it was a tough night, but it was a fun game. Well, I would expect you can get some free tickets by now, can't you? Well, hey, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little story here. Uh, okay, so this is why I had to pick up the bullpen dinner at the end of the year. Well, we'll kind of. So we wanted to like the bullpen. We wanted to go to a Leafs game, right? So I call up, be like, 
hey, you know, this is Romano. Like, the bullpen really wants to go to a game. You know, like, we give your guys tickets. You know, can you hook the boys up? And uh, they're like, how many you need? And I was like, oh, 12. Like, you know, we got 12 guys, <laughs> bullpen catchers. And they were like, all right, yeah, we'll get you the tickets. It'll be three grand. I'm like, three grand? I was like, oh, man, like, not like thanks, but thanks, but no thanks. And then we find out that same game, Chat they gave Chapman tickets front row on the glass, and they didn't give the bullpen tickets. Oh! So, so and then the next day I have an interview, and I, I was saying, like, yeah, guys, like, it's kind of joking, but I was like, you know, the Leafs, they, they slighted us. You know, I'm not a Leafs fan anymore, just joking around. And the next day, I have an interview and I'm praising the Leafs. So the bullpen's like, oh, you go off praising the Leafs and they didn't give us tickets. Like, what's going on? So I was like, guys, don't worry. I'll make it right. So that's why I had to pick up the bullpen uh, at the end of the year. Hey, for credit, where's Chapman from? Where's he's his from home? Cali. He's, he's from California. They give him the best seats in the house. The bullpen wants to go. We got to pay three grand. I tell you what, you know what? That is bro. <laughs> Oh God! What? Well, you know what? If if that ever happens again, something's wrong. But you know, yeah, you can never get leave tickets. You know, I, you know, even when I was back there, you know, you try and it was like no chance. You know, yeah, it's a hot ticket, man. They they sell out pretty much every game. How they playing? They playing all right? Yeah, they're playing pretty good this year. I mean, they're good every year. You know? Yeah, yeah got to take it home one year. But yeah, no, they're. Well, did you ever play hockey? That's why I got. Did you ever? Were you a hockey player? Yeah, I played <laughs> hockey. Yeah, I played hockey until I was like seventeen. And then it was kind of just like, you got to pick one, you know, cause like baseball, you got to start training in the winter in, in Canada if you want to go anywhere. So I was like, I was like 16 and I knew at 17, it'd be like the year where I have to decide which one I want to do. And I just like baseball a little bit better, you know, hockey, you gotta wake up, scrape the, you know, scrape the frost off your car and go before school and, you know, bag skate and, and sweat. And baseball, uh, you're in the summer, you know, with your boys, it's, it's a little more fun. So, yeah, like 16, I just decided to play baseball. And uh, I just played, like, hockey with my buddies. I was playing serious hockey, and then that year I just played, like, for fun, you know. So, But, yeah, I played well, hockey. I guarantee you that's where you got the heart, man, and right here, the toughness. I will guarantee you that's a big part of that. No, hockey, hockey, it's a different different beast. Like, that's – that's a grinder sport, you know, you're, and I was, I was like smaller growing up and I would just get beat up every single game, but you know, just got to grind. How tall are you now? I'm like I'm six, five, but when I was playing, who's the dude that played all the mirrors for the Bruins? He's like Chara, uh, Chara, man. How tall is Chara? He's like six, nine. He's a beast. Six, nine? Gosh, no. He had to be in the NBA. You gotta be playing for the Raptors. Yeah, you mess with uh, you on the ice and, and and you mess around. Char's coming for you, you know. So yeah, kinda... yes, I would. <laughs> but I was I, I was small. Like if I messed around on the ice, their boys were coming for me, and they they had their way. <laughs> hey, what a great sport, though, Jordan. I'm telling you, you know, from uh, you know, there, but there's some, you know, I will guarantee you, you got your toughness from that sport. No doubt in yeah. my mind. Honestly, I, I think so. Like yeah. hockey is an absolute grind. It's. I mean, these little dudes, they're, they're fighting, you know, in, oh, yeah. in Canada, especially too. I mean, we're, I had ice rink in my backyard. I was, I was skating as yeah. soon as I could walk. And then we start in Canada. I mean, you can start body checking at like seven years old. So you're just laying boys out at seven <laughs> years old, you know? So 
It's just kind of a way of life. Oh God! Now you get baseball. You get guys you get a little hangnail sometimes, and they can't play. Or oh yeah, no, right. hey, no, you don't need to comment on this one either. Scheduled days off? Are you kidding me? Guys get scheduled. Can you tell that to the guys in the NHL? They get scheduled days off. I know they don't play every day, but but by God, they play enough. I think that's the only sport where they, if you get a scheduled day off in the NHL, all the all your boys are looking at you different. Like you probably got a broken leg. I mean, uh, at the end of the like, at the end, whoever wins the Stanley Cup, I mean, the next day, all the boys are going in for surgery. You know, like they, you just got to grind. That's awesome. Well, Jordan, listen, man. Hey, we're glad you took the time to come out with us. You know, come on with us and. Uh, we're proud of you. I know that you're uh, you're having a tr- you're off to a tremendous start in your career. You know, uh, I think the, even the better story you're p- you're pitching for your hometown team, and they, and they love you up there. Even you know when 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 it, when I said that you were coming on the show, the people were up. Oh, it's like the, that's the greatest thing ever. And I agree, man. I mean, I knew what kind of good guy you were, and I get everything I've heard. So, but uh, we we want to wish you the best of luck now. I don't know. You might, I'm sure you have an agent, but if you don't, I'm 102 million ducks. I, I, I might be able to top that for you in a couple of years, you know? Yeah. We, I mean, we can get like, you know, 50% of that or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you deserve every bit you get, pal. That's for sure. So. All right. Hey guys, really appreciate you guys having me on. Had Thank a great you. time. This was, this was awesome. Appreciate yeah, it. Good luck, man. Get back to work for crying out. Go, don't and quit digging the holes, the ditchy. Come on. Hey, if I wasn't playing baseball, I'd be working a shovel somewhere. So, yeah, we'll be all right. <laughs> but you are playing baseball. I'm playing baseball, yeah. All right, pal. All right, fellas. Good luck. Take Thank care. you. All right. Hey, I'll take that Romano any day of the week. You know, uh, and what a great story. You know, a homegrown boy thriving in his in his home country. We only got one team. You can't uh, – you couldn't make that stuff up? No, you can't. Well, you ready for a few questions? Now it's time for another Ask Gibby segment. Each and every week, we have some questions that are from you, the listeners or viewers of this podcast. This is brought to you by Budweiser. If we select your question here on the podcast, you will receive a gift basket from Budweiser because that's what buds do. Uh, the first one is uh, for the – and they actually spell – he said Ask Ginny segment. So – should I call you Ginny today? No, call me, you call me whatever. <laughs> Don't just go call me late for dinner. Anyway, it's uh, from Zeke Hoffman, and it's the Ask Gibby Show Gmail address. And uh, the question is, hey, John, huge fan of the show and your time with the Jays. I was at quite a few games with you at the helm at the Concrete Convertible in Toronto. Uh, I recently read Buck Martinez's book. In it, he says, if you ever get a chance to meet Gibby, ask him his favorite Hondo. Frank Howard story. I guess this is the closest I'm ever going to get to meeting you for the moment. So, what's your favorite Hondo story? Oh Zach, gosh, I got so many. Of, you know, Hondo. They called him the Gentle Giant. You know, I think he's about six eight, right? I think. In the Ted Williams said he hit the ball harder than anybody ever saw. Um, but he coached with the Mets back when I was starting my coaching career over there in the minor leagues and. So I, I was around him quite a bit, and I would I would make sure I was around him quite a bit because he would tell he could just go on and on with his storytelling, the funniest guy in the world. But I can uh, I can remember one time I was I was walking on one of these backfields. The spring training workouts over, right? And and Frank, there was just something different about Frank, right? Not not a harder worker around, but he 
I'm walking past this field. Everybody's gone. And I look over on the main diamond and I see this guy in his this giant guy in a uniform, full uniform, going, <laughs> took a double take. It was Frank. So I said, what is Frank doing? I mean, this workout's over. So that, so I sat there and watched him on the bench. There was a bench sitting there. And he went and get, got in the set in the dugout, right? And he, he always had this way he stood in the dugout during the game. He was one foot up and the other down and just scouting the whole field, right? Very intense. And so I'm sitting there watching. He's, he's, he gets in that position for about 30 seconds. Then he comes firing out of the dugout. And he had this fast, long, long-legged long walk to first base coaching box because he was the first base coach. So he walked all over his, his long – like he was a speed walker, right? He gets over the first base coach box and he gets down in his, his like his stance like he's coaching first base, right, watching the – Pitcher, he was going to pick off the runner at first base. He sat there for about 30 seconds, turned around, walked all the way back, got in the same position, dug it. Johnny, he did it about 10 times. It's like, this guy's amazing. No wonder. And, and the butt, one of the smartest things he did tell me, we were sitting in the dugout one day. He said, I don't remember who we were playing, spring training game, but a pretty good team, obviously. He goes, son, he called everybody son. He called me son. Uh, he said, Baseball, he says, when you look in your dugout, you see maybe two or three cannons, right? Then you look over in that other dugout, and they got five or six cannons. He goes, you may win a battle, but you ain't winning no war. Said, that is the <laughs> hey, there you go. So that's that's Frank's version of analytics, man. The, yeah. If you got more of the better players, you're going to win. That's there's, there's no secret to this game. Well, but a lot of class- stories, I'm sure, about Honda. Oh, sure. could go on and on. But, but, you know, probably one of the most beloved guys – uh, yeah. You know, the, what, another funny story real quick. Remember Frank Cashin was a long time, great general manager for the Mets in mm-hmm. Baltimore and all that. Frank always used to wear this bow tie, right? Bow tie, yeah. But he wore this bow tie. We were on spring training one time, and I, and I was an active player. And uh, Frank's over there hitting us, shooting us pop-ups for the catchers. And somebody ran into a, a fence or something. And, and uh, one of the other catchers, I remember who was, said to me, Frank, you're going to you're gonna get yourself fired, man. You get these guys hurt. He goes, oh, he goes, who's going to fire me, that little son of a bitch with a bow tie? It's a big old grip. And we rolled, and we couldn't even finish our drill because it was so funny. We were laughing so much. <laughs> what, what, a, what a wonderful man, you know. It was just a wonderful man. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, great stories. Uh, we have another question. This one came in on actually on Instagram, and it was from WW underscore Dana. And uh, Dana's question is, who do you feel was the most underrated player you had coached on the Blue Jays? Thank you. Oh, gosh, that's a good one. You know, uh, I coached so many good. You know what? First off, they're, 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 so, they're all good players are in the big leagues. But, gosh, you know, I, you know, Reed Johnson, uh, Justin Smoke, probably they're both underrated. Colabello was underrated. He wasn't there that long. Um, Marco Estrada, I think, was underrated. Brent, Brent Cecil. But I, you know what? I might have to go with Kevin Pillar. And uh, maybe people might think, why? Because he played every day and all that. But, you know, Kev did, all, did so many good things for us day after day, right? But I'm not so sure. It, people almost kind of took it for granted, you know? He, he came out. He was a late-round draft pick. Nobody ever expected him to make it. Even at the end, people were still writing him off, right? And it's just something he'd go out there and he'd contribute one one contribute to help you win a game and he wouldn't he wouldn't be one of he wasn't one of the big hammers in the lineup you know but he would always do something good but there were so many guys that were underrated you know there's other the guys i just mentioned there's so many more uh, but I, i'll go with pilar i'm gonna go with pilar he did my show them other guys did my show i might go with them 
Yeah, Pilar, uh, certainly uh, one of those guys out there. Just a great, great, great person. Uh, and thank great you for competitor. your question. Yeah, thank you for your question. I mean, each and every week we do the Ask Gibby segment. And if you want to ask Gibby a question and have a chance to receive that Budweiser gift pack, just send your questions to us at Show at gmail.com or use the hashtag AskGibby. So that'll be another Ask Gibby segment, and we'll do another one next week right here on the show. Well, let's go back, wrap up another edition of the Gibby Show. And, John, uh, another good one in the books. Yeah, well, we had a good one, really good one closing it out today. That's for dang sure. The closer, the fireman. That's right, homegrown fireman. That's right. It was a good one. It, it, go ahead. No, there's a lot of big buildings down downtown Toronto. They may need them more often than they think. Got to put out the fire. Another exciting one. We got a long uh, hot stove uh, league season. We're going to cover everything right here on the Gibby Show. If you want to get a hold of John, just follow him everywhere: Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, those those uh, those hashtags, those usernames. John is at John Gibbons 5 So find him anywhere. Uh, my name is John Arezzi. You can follow me at John Arezzi. Uh, and that'll wrap up this edition of the Gibby Show. We will see you next week with another edition. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>